The Startup Life is brought to you by Target. No matter if it's household items to make your home more aesthetically pleasing or a 65-inch TV to complete that man cave, Target is the go-to place for high-quality products at an affordable price. Start your Target journey with a link in our show notes. Target. Expect more. Pay less. This week on The Startup Life. I was just really enjoying seeing all these women just kind of, you know, bearing it all almost, you know, and just loving it, all shapes and sizes. It was just a really fun and vibrant environment of, I felt felt like it was just like dropping myself into a community of self-love and I really appreciated that. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Betty Jean Bell, founder of beingbadass.com. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. startup nation do you enjoy the startup life now you can let the world know with gear from the show choose from the label yourself make your own look and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship click the link in the show notes to purchase all right startup nation so i hope you're ready to see some value today we got a big time guest in the building today we have the badass in chief herself betty jean bell what's going on Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? I am so ready. Awesome stuff. As always, Startup Nation, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. So first things first, tell us about your path to entrepreneurship, if you would, ma'am. Yeah. So I actually started, I never really intended to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, I had always thought that I was going to be an opera singer. I started singing opera when I was four years old Mm -hmm. and studied all through high school. And then when I was 17, I got sick and I had really severe acid reflux. And they said, I may never speak again, let alone sing. Mm. So I went through a lot of medical stuff. I was mute for 18 months before I had my first reconstructive surgery to my stomach. And after losing my voice, I did five years of voice pathology to learn to speak without pain, but I was never able to sing opera again. So I was devastated. I was lost. I had lost my purpose, what I thought was my purpose, my identity. It was like a really, really hard and difficult time for me. But I'd always been interested in business. And so after not knowing what to do with myself after college, I got a job as a bookkeeper. And I was teaching myself accounting by night and then doing my bookkeeping job by day. Okay. And six months into it, the manager just quit showing up to work. So oh, wow. I just I just kept working and like playing more of the roles, but I didn't really view myself as an entrepreneur back then. Okay. Um, so what happened was like, I just started getting all of this experience, like running this business. And that was where I really started to like, it wasn't during that time, but a few years after, after I'd moved to Austin, 
Um, and looking back, like that was when I really started to getting into entrepreneurship was after that experience of losing my voice and then trying to figure out what the heck to do with my life after that. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. And I actually wanted to ask you about that really quickly. First, I wanna go back to the opera singing because like you said, you started when you was four years old, correct? Was it something where like you really wanted to do it at four years old? Did like a parent or a teacher see something? How did you start in the opera singing? So I had started singing just like at church and okay. things like that. But there was the place I grew up in was a small town, Rad it was Radford, Virginia. Okay. And there was a university there, Radford University. Right. And so we had a lot of arts because it was a college town. And my parents have always been very, very encouraging, pretty much with anything I wanted to do in my life. And my parents encouraging me and I was writing songs and singing and things like that. Yeah, and, uh, and then I started taking vocal lessons at a really young age at the college. So I was in my first children's opera. I can't remember if I was eight or if I was 12, but it was when I was very young. And that was when I first got my, my first voice teacher and she worked with me all through middle school, high school, and was helping me go to that college level. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And when you talk about, you know, writing songs at such an early age, that's that's fascinating to me. That seems like to me, Startup Nation, the, the early stages of the entrepreneurial mindset where you start to kind of do stuff for yourself and not really wait for somebody to tell you to do something or something like that. So I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Yeah, it's so funny. I look back at some of my baby books or growing up books that my mom put together where she saved all my stuff where I was growing up. Right. And I see pieces of music I wrote when I was seven years old and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't even remember how to write. I don't remember music theory like I did when I was seven. Gotcha. It's crazy. <laughs> well, you know, believe it or not, many people say that, you know, you're probably the smartest you'll ever be around that age because you're like your whole world is about like learning and growing. Yeah. And Stuff like that. So that makes sense. I can see why totally. you for sure. Thank you for sharing that. So, you know, you, you talked about being an opera singer and then you, all of a sudden you had the medical issues where you lost your voice for a while and stuff like that, which had to have been quite devastating at the time. So I, I guess I want to know what was the biggest lesson you learned from that whole ordeal from that part of your life that you'll never forget? Well, at the time, I didn't realize it was a lesson, but now it's one of the most important things that sort mm -hmm. of guides my work even today. I hear that. And growing up, my mom always said to me, don't take your voice for granted or God will take it away. Mm. And so when I lost my voice, obviously, like I was so upset. And But as a kid, I didn't fully understand what she was telling me. I, through my kid ears, what I thought she was saying is don't be a diva, <laughs> right? Gotcha. I don't know why, but that's how, that's how I interpreted it. So I was always very humble and I was never really a diva at all. And then I still lost my voice anyway. So I felt, you know, I went from being this spiritual person to suddenly not being, you know, being atheist and, you know, totally kind of shunning that part of me. Right. But you know, now that I am well and doing the work I do now, what my mom was saying to me back then was, if you have a gift, you've, you need to use your voice or you'll lose it. Mm. And so what I realized is, you know, the, the big part of why I lost my voice is because I started being abused by boys at school when I was 11 years old. I was in middle school. And at the time, I was the first one to develop. I was a stick figure girl who was like riding horses and singing opera and like totally oblivious about her body. But right. I was the first to develop. And so these boys 
while I know now they probably had a crush on me, they just had a really funny way of showing it. Yeah, we, um, you know, we're stupid at that age, so. <laughs> yeah, some maybe a little bit more than others. But <laughs> these guys, they ended up bullying me all through middle school and high school. And I always felt like opera was my ticket out of there. Gotcha. Uh, but all during that time, I never told anybody what was happening because I didn't know how. And so I just used food and music because I, I had early eating, like I started binging, you know, using food as a coping mechanism. Right. And I didn't know that, I thought that's what everybody did. Like you see commercials about somebody breaking up with their boyfriend and they eat a gallon of ice cream, you right. know? Right. So I just thought that's how life was. And so, you know, I was using food and music as a coping mechanism and I wasn't using my voice while I was singing. I wasn't using my voice to like speak my truth and get help and like take care of myself. I didn't understand what taking care of myself was. I was a kid, you know? So seeing what it was now, like I didn't realize it, but I was taking my voice for granted and I did lose it. And so one of the most powerful things that I work on and live by today is I see women, like in my work, I see women all the time not making themselves a priority, not using their voice, sacrificing mm. themselves for everyone and everything else, sacrificing their mental, emotional, and physical well-being for their work, for their families, all of that. And that's what I was doing back then. And as a result of not using my voice and not making myself a priority, because at the time I was just a kid and I just didn't know how. But as an adult, sometimes we still carry those childlike behaviors forward. And until we heal that, and use our voices and make ourselves a priority, we stand to lose those gifts if we don't use them. We stand to lose our voice if we don't use it. So it was a very powerful lesson for me, and it tapped on entrepreneurship, it tapped on purpose, it tapped on spirituality. It was kind of like this whole package of a lesson for me in losing my voice. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And Startup Nation, what I hear in that answer is just like she said, you know, like if, if you have this idea or if you have a voice that you need to use, you need to use it because you never know to where, you know, whether it be a medical issue or just life in general may come away and you may not be able to use that voice or that gift or that idea that you have. So Betty Jean, I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Yeah, it's my honor. For sure. For sure. So let's switch gears a little bit. So you're there in Austin, Texas, right? And Austin yeah. is just kind of booming, right? It, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, I, and I feel like booming is an understatement really. Uh, <laughs> totally. But like tell us, you know, about the, like the entrepreneurial ecosystem there in Austin, if you will. Sure. It's tons of fun. So I moved here back in 2007. Okay. And I was, at the time, I was still working in the oil companies I was telling you about before where I was, right. I had, you know, doing bookkeeping and next thing you know, I'm running this multi-million dollar oil company. And I did that for a few years. Mm -hmm. And I would always fly out here for South by Southwest because when I couldn't get my singing degree, when I, I still went to school and I had all these art credits because of where I took voice in high school. Right. Um, so I had a lot of college credits, but when I couldn't graduate with voice, I still had all these art credits. So I ended up getting a degree in audio engineering and metalsmithing, like jewelry making. So it was still an arts degree, liberal arts. So one of my passions, I still love audio engineering and all of that. So I was running this oil company, you know, working in this oil company by day. And then on my time off when I'd get vacation, I would fly out to Austin, Texas and run shows for South by Southwest. So like okay. manage stages for, for larger bands. It was tons of fun. And I fell in love with the city back then. And so it's 2007. 
there's this new aspect to South by Southwest back then that they introduced and it was interactive. So it used to be, it's music, art, and film are the three sections of South by Southwest. Right. And interactive was really starting to grow before it was all about video games and things like that. But it started to have this entrepreneurship aspect. So in 2007, Twitter launches at South by Southwest. So I'm there, I get my first like Twitter handles or using right. Twitter, meet a lot of like really great entrepreneurs. So it's just really fun. So I end up buying a house that year, moving out here in the fall. And from then on, I was doing all kinds of events for, you know, New York Times bestselling authors. And it's like South by is so fun. If you've never Startup Nation, if you've never been to Austin, South by is a great time to come check it out. Just make sure you secure your hotel a year in advance. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's crazy, but it's really great because it's a really, really friendly town. I've lived in a few different places, New Orleans. I've lived in Baltimore, South Carolina, Virginia, lots of places. And out of all the places I've lived, I've never met a friendlier place. It does not matter what you're into. Like you can be into ballroom dancing and comics and entrepreneurship okay. and you can find your whole crew. Like you could find groups that are into all of that at the same time in Austin. I believe <laughs> it's crazy. that. I believe that. It, it, it's definitely becoming a hot spot for many around the country to kind of move to there in Austin, Texas. So you're, I can kind of see why you say that. And I see that there's a try for everyone in Austin for sure. There is. And the best part, like I said, is it's so friendly. So um, it's a really great place, not only for startups because of the tax structures in the state of Texas, sure. they're sure. really friendly to business. But in addition, it's just so easy to get support for your budding business ideas. There's so many folks who have been very successful here, but there's also a ton of startup. There's also a ton of a very rich internet marketing community here. Um, and it's just any kind of support you need. You can find a mentor. You can find a group. There's just, it's a very, very vibrant startup community for any kind of startup you want to do. It doesn't have to be tech. It can really, truly be anything. And it's just a great place for for business owners of all, you know, no matter where you are in your process. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. So Startup Nation, if you go to the show notes, you'll see Betty Jean's website, beingbadass.com, to where <laughs> she has a tons of different resources and a blog, which we're going to get into now. And once again, that uh, web address, beingbadass.com, is in the show notes for easy access. So I want to talk about a piece that you have, a vlog, if you will, actually, how looking for beauty in others helps you see the beauty in yourself. And you share a story of the time you went to Miami and it made you realize something. Can you share that story with Startup Nation? Yeah, I haven't told that story in a while. That's fun. So, man, I loved, it was South Beach, Miami. I went there for a nutrition conference. And one of the things I loved so much is just how comfortable people were in their bodies. Mm. And it's something that on a, in a beach setting, it is so rare to see women of all shapes and sizes totally owning their beauty. And that was something I just loved about South Beach. It didn't matter how big or small your booty was, everybody owned it. Gotcha. I hear that. <laughs> And I loved it because one of the things I do in my practice is I find that our perceptions of our external world are really just a reflection of our internal world. I hear that. 
So if we're constantly judging other people as, oh, she shouldn't be wearing that, or, oh, she looks fat in that, or, oh, she looks skinny in that, like judging other people's bodies, it means that if we're judging others, we're probably judging ourselves 10 times more harshly. Right. And so one of the things I, we do a ton of mindset work in my work. That's like one of the core things we do. Sure. And one of the most powerful things is really practicing looking for the beauty in others. So instead of criticizing the covers of magazines while we stand in line or even participating in all the gossip that's on social media or that's on, like I said, magazine covers in line or that's happening in our lives, it's especially with people who trigger us, like people who we really like get under our skin, Mm -hmm. taking time to cultivate the habit of interrupting negative thoughts and start looking for the beauty in others. What can you appreciate in that other person? And when we start doing that, because sometimes it's easier for us to appreciate others than it is to appreciate ourselves if we have a deeply ingrained habit of criticizing ourselves. Right. So I love having folks practice interrupting critical thoughts and start looking for what they can appreciate in others, looking for the beauty in others. And I just felt like my visit to Miami, it was just so nice because it just felt like, and again, maybe it was the lens through which I was looking at the world because I have cultivated this so much in my life that I, I do. I'm a compulsive complimenter is what I hear a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I was just really enjoying seeing all these women just kind of, you know, bearing it all almost, you know, and just loving it all shapes and sizes. It was just a really fun and vibrant environment. Of, I, felt, I felt like it was just like dropping myself into a community of self-love. And I really appreciated that. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing it. And I think that's a very important thing that you point out, Betty Jean, because you talk about a lot of the stuff you do is that mindset cultivating. And I think yeah. that's important because before you can, you know, whether it be weight loss or starting a business, that mindset part, like that you gotta, you gotta figure that part out first. Wouldn't you agree? Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel one of the things I say on Instagram all the time is our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings create our actions, and our actions create our world, including our bodies. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to business or money or food or our body image, I think they're all directly linked. I think Absolutely. the way we do one thing is how we do many things. That is so true. Yeah. And if we're living like in a lack mentality, a scarce mentality, it makes us, um, sometimes we'll go into binging on food, right? Or binging with our money or living in scarcity in our businesses and not taking the actions that truly could be income generating because we're living in this lack mentality. And I truly believe that we, that like attracts like. So if we're living in lack, then we attract calls from people who live in lack or clients who go, I'd really like to work with you, but I don't have the money. You know what I mean? So I think like getting really, really cleaning up our mental space is one of the, I think we have to do that every single day before we even start work. That's what I do. Absolutely. That, that I'm, I'm going to remember that. Remember that startup nation, clean up your mental space. Add yes. that to your repertoire for sure. Thank you for all of that, Betty Jean. I appreciate oh, that. It's my pleasure. So you also have a, a written piece. The first one was a vlog, a video blog. Uh, but now you, you also have a written piece that I came across called Meal Prep for Beginners, which I think is super <laughs> 
important for entrepreneurs because many in Startup Nation feel, you know, that they're balancing businesses and families and everything in between. They feel like, you know, maybe they can't do that proper meal planning. So, you know, kind of help us out, Betty Jean. What does that meal plan, uh, meal prepping for success look like? Oh, I love this question. Um, this is so good. So it really depends on what level you're at. For sure. Um, but again, it goes back into that. I define self-love as making our mental, emotional, and physical well-being our top priority. And I feel like when we keep that definition top of mind, it really starts helping us look at things through a different filter because most of the time we're willing to sacrifice our health our mental, emotional, and physical well-being for the sake of weight loss or for the sake of, um, you know, our business or something. Right. So when we keep that definition top of mind, the way I like to, to encourage entrepreneurs to do meal, plan, meal planning, because I work with a lot of different entrepreneurs at different stages, like a lot of the women who tend to work with me happen to also be entrepreneurs. For sure. Um, not all of them, but they're all kind of leaders in something. They lead gotcha. their companies or they're, you know, they're all kind of type A's. Right. Definitely working with that entrepreneurial mindset for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So a few of the tricks when we're in business, whether we're working a day job and we have a side hustle that we really want to bring to life and make it our full-time thing all the way to someone who is full-time, you know, running a six or seven figure business. You know, we all as entrepreneurs have days and probably a lot of days where we come home and it's like, you're just tired, right? You don't want to have to think about cooking or anything like that. So I think one of the most powerful things busy people can do is make sure their food is handled in advance. So a couple of ways someone can do that. You can do a more traditional uh, meal prep plan where just once a week, every Saturday, you spend one to two hours and get your meal prep done. And I love crock pots. It makes it so simple or Instapots, things like that. People, I love those tools because you can get all of your lunches done in a single crock pot and then you portion them out in advance. Right. So that's a really simple way is just committing to that like a doctor's appointment every Saturday, you just get it knocked out. And that means like maybe Friday night is your grocery day or you have your groceries delivered, something that works for you. But if you want to be more hands off, a couple other tips you can do is once a month, you can make what I call freezer bag meals where you put all the ingredients into a freezer bag, like vegetables, chicken, a marinade, something like that. And just throw it in the freezer. And then when you're ready for it, throw it in the crock pot that day. And you can make a whole bunch of those for a whole month and just keep them in the freezer and not even have to deal with anything else right, with all the Right, for sure. So that's a really great tip. Or you can use that on, you know, you're going to be really, really busy. So you just make sure you have some of those as backups, those freezer meals. That's an, another tip. And then my third tip is to really think about outsourcing. So a lot of folks you know, when they first come to me and, and we're talking about this, their first thing is, oh, I don't have the money to outsource. Like I, I can't outsource my meals. Like that's just, I just can't do it. Right. But the thing is, is I really want you guys to think, to take a look at your budget. Hopefully you guys have budgets. Budgets are such an important thing, especially as an entrepreneur, you really need to know your numbers, but also budgeting doesn't have to be hard. It can be automatic. That could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> For sure. It absolutely can. Yeah. But take a look at your budget and take a look at how much you're spending eating out. Take a look at how much you're spending on coffee shops. Take a look at how much you're spending. Like take a look at all these different places. Cause often 
what folks do, I remember one, one client, she was, she had, they had $800 a month for her and her family to do groceries. And she had said, Oh, I don't have time to, you know, have the money to outsource my meals. And I did exactly what I'm doing with you. We went through her budget. Right. Turns out she and her family were spending $2,000 a month dining out. And she was like dumbfounded. Right. <laughs> and I was like, girl, it costs so much less than that to outsource your meals. And you don't even have to outsource all of them. So there's tons of great resources in 2019, tons of places that will deliver fresh, you know, clean, non-toxic meals to you, whether it's just making sure all of your dinners are handled. Right. Or maybe it's just all your lunches or doing like me and going all in. I have all my food delivered and I use a, a few different places and my life just totally turned around and it's a small price. I spend having my entire life, like all my food outsourced, I spend about $800 a month. So it's not even that much mm -hmm. to not even have to think about it. Right. Um, but there were times I have an Instagram highlight. If you're still like in that bootstrapping phase and you don't have that sort of investment, you don't have that kind of capital to, to invest in your food. Right. Um, there's a highlight I have on my Instagram, which is at being badass and it's save money on food. And you watch it. I took people to the grocery store because back when I used to meal prep all my own food, it only cost me 35 bucks a week wow. to have all organics, all non-toxic, you know, proteins. So eating healthy does not have to be expensive. You just need to look at the numbers and really put a value on your time. Because at the end of the day, your amount of sleep, your amount of hydration, and the food you put in your body are literally the fuel used to run your business, your family, and your life. Mm. And if you aren't prioritizing your energy, you're losing money. Right. So like at the same client, actually, coincidentally, when I was chatting to her, she charges $500 an hour for her work. Right. And so when I was, uh, when we were doing the math on what she should invest on her food, she was saying, I, I asked her, all right, well, when you're exhausted, how long does it take you to work a billable hour? She goes, oh man, it'll take me like two to three hours to do a single hour of work. Mm -hmm. But when she's well rested and nourished and her food's just on autopilot and she doesn't have to think about it, then all of a sudden that it's hour per hour, right? She's not losing time. Right. So like three hours to get your normal hour done, that's $1,500 in billable hours that she's only wow. getting $500 for, right? So it actually makes mathematical sense because she's losing $1,000 every three hours that she's working exhausted. Right? Right. So absolutely. Like the math makes it, it pays for itself when you start prioritizing your mental, emotional, and physical well being from an actual math standpoint. Gotcha. And I love how you, you connected all that together. And it goes back to what you were saying how, you know, one thing kind of feeds into the other, or how all of these things are connected when it comes to your life and balance and food and, and the math, obviously. Right. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing that for sure. Oh, it's my, one of my favorite nerdiest things to share. I love it. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. So one thing I read about you, Betty Jean, that, you know, when it comes to diets, and I know there's this diet and then there's that diet, but you kind of take a different approach when it comes to diet. Can you explain to Startup Nation what you mean by that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe that any one diet 
is better at helping anybody lose weight than any other. Right. You're always hearing, oh, keto's the way, oh, paleo's the way, oh, vegetarian's the way, oh, zone. I mean, like just name your decade, right? Or name your year and you have like a different thing that's all the rage. And people fall into these diets thinking, you know, this is the secret thing. This is the thing that's finally going to work. But every single woman in my program is on a totally different dietary theory and all of them are getting 100% the exact same results. Right. And the reason for that is because we are all biological unicorns. That's what I call everybody. Right. For sure. We're all unique. What works for my body may not work for your body. And, and when we, in our culture, what happens is we are taught to come at health and confidence and weight loss and anything that has to do with our bodies. We're taught to, or even actually business, we're taught to come at everything from a place of action, right? So like, what are you doing to create the outcome? Exactly. Are you exercising every day? Are you following the right diet, right? It's all about action, action, action. But as I was, we were kind of talking about at the beginning, I believe everything starts with the mindset. Right. And I believe mindset starts with, it, I define mindset as being made up of the quality of our ideas and our beliefs about what's possible for us. So our beliefs about what's possible for us and our current quality of ideas are what lead to our actions and our actions are what lead to our outcomes. But when we're trying to fit ourselves into somebody else's diet box, we do not have our mindset on board. Mm. We, we are not really mentally involved in why is this right for me, right? Like, why am I doing this diet? The why is because our buddy lost 50 pounds and we think, well, if they can lose 50 pounds, I can lose 50 pounds on this, right? right. So what I say is that we have to come at it from a place of mindset. We need to work with a mentor who's kind of walked through the fire like us and can give us a new quality of ideas. And B, we need our beliefs about what's possible for us expanded. And in the context of food, the third component I bring in is you have to ask yourself, does this feel right in my body? Mm. It's going right back to that. Is my mental, emotional, and physical well-being being taken care of. So like, that's an example of a new quality of idea that most of you in Startup Nation probably didn't have before you heard this, right? Right. That's a perfect example of getting a new quality of idea and just listening to this podcast, really any episode of this podcast will help you expand your ideas of what's possible for you, your belief about what's possible for you. I appreciate that. And that plug is brought to you by the Startup Life Podcast on behalf of Betty Jean. I appreciate that. But go ahead. I just want to get that in. glad you did. I love it. I love it. So, so when you're, you're thinking about, you know, what diet should I eat? What should I eat? Always ask yourself, you know, you can do it, do the diet. It doesn't matter, but look at it as an experiment. Look at it as a dietary theory, not a weight loss law, because there are none of those out there. There are no secrets to weight loss. I love that. A dietary theory and not a weight loss law. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, as you're trying this dietary theory on, the whole time you're doing it, ask yourself, like, pay attention how does my body feel? Do I feel vibrant and alive? Because that's a good sign this food is, is like good for you. It's right for your body. But if you're feeling heavy or lethargic or tired, or you have like weird digestive things going on, 
that's a good sign that this is not right for you. And there's so many other dietary theories out there that can help you lose weight. The key is about learning to listen to your body and make your mental, emotional, and physical well-being your top priority. And when you do that, it won't matter. It won't matter what diet you follow. It won't matter if your hormones change, if you have a new diagnosis. It doesn't matter because your body is going to change over time. That's okay. That's normal. Our cells change. But rather than being stuck in a diet box where if it stops working, we have to start all over at square one because we never really learned about our body in the first place, this gives you the ability to let your body be the guide. And no matter what happens year to year, month to month, decade to decade, you're always going to know what's right for your body because you made your mental, emotional, and physical well-being that top priority and that guiding light. Got you. Thank you for sharing all of that. And start mentioning if there's anybody uh, who's listened to this podcast episode and you're wondering, why is this big? I wanted to listen to a business podcast. Why are we talking about dieting and weight loss and all this other stuff? I'm going to sum it up for you really quickly. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of the business. It's that simple. Uh, so, Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it is that simple. So uh, thank you for sharing all of that, Betty Jean. I appreciate that. So earlier you mentioned uh, mentors and stuff like that. So I want to know who are your mentors or people you look to for guidance? Mm, man, I have so many. But be, since you guys are entrepreneurs, I'm going to share my favorite entrepreneurial mentors. Okay. So I am very fortunate. I have been in the business kind of world since 2004. Mm-hmm. And I came out here to Austin, Texas in 2007 when internet marketing really started to boom out here. And I've just been really, really blessed. I have a lot of great relationships. And while I can't list every single person who's been super, super helpful for me, my a couple of my best friends, they're very successful and they've just helped me so much in my business. That's awesome. Um, yeah, one of them is um, Tan Fam. Uh, he runs a business called AsianEfficiency.com. Mm-hmm. Great business. It's all about productivity for CEOs and entrepreneurs. He just puts out got such good stuff. And he is one of the kindest human beings I have ever met. Like, I've just been, I'm just so grateful. And so whenever I run into something or I'm like, hey, my webinar is not doing great or, you know, whatever. He always has time to support me. And that's, I know you can't hire him for that. He's just my, one of my best friends. I'm very grateful to have that. Right. Uh, But he has a really great company. So I definitely recommend checking him out. Uh, The other one who's been, gosh, just absolutely instrumental for me is my other best friend, Tim Francis. He owns a couple really wonderful companies. One is called ProfitFactory.com. The other is called GreatAssistant.com. He's also a Forbes contributor. Just a really, and both of you, they're really great guys. And so I used to run this big entrepreneur social club here in Austin where I'd plan Mm -hmm brunches for like 200 people and like 45 would show every Sunday. New restaurant was crazy. I did this for free. It was, this was like my social life. (laughs) And that's how I met Tan. And then I met Tim through Tan because they're best friends. And so now it's like the three of us hang out. uh, Like they're just the greatest. Like if I leave my house, it's usually to hang out with one of them. They're just wonderful human beings and every single piece of wisdom. They're both so generous, both with their 
not just with their friends, but like with their email lists, like they are constantly value adding and they are so successful, but so heart centered and real. Like there's no peacocking or any of that. Right. And so out of all the entrepreneurs I know, those two guys have helped me so much in my business and they've done so much good for so many entrepreneurs that they for sure are still my top mentors and favorite human beings. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. In Startup Nation, Betty Jean was actually on a podcast with Tan on agentsefficiency.com. And if you want to check out that podcast episode, we have a link in the show notes for easy access. Just wanted to get that in there. Oh, that's so great. Thanks. I'll let Tan know. (laughs) I love it. No worries. So I wanted to ask you this because there was a recent study that came out that suggested that falling asleep in front of the TV could increase the risk of obesity due to large part of uh, artificial light or whatever the case mm. for the TV. Mm-hmm. And so when clients or potential clients bring these studies to you and, you know, how do you advise them? Because I ask this because of, you know, we have studies that come on like, you know, TV and these articles and stuff like that. Some are legit, some yeah. have negative hidden agendas and really try to take advantage of people who are truly trying to have that weight loss transformation, if you will. So when people who are clients bring these studies to you, how do you advise them going forward after that? Well, first of all, I love studies. Like I'm such an, I'm always reading science journals and like new studies that are being released because I was sick for so long with, you know, for nearly 20 years with illnesses I was told were incurable. Like I had gastroparesis and like, I won't even list them. Like it's like, I've had more diagnoses than I can, can even remember. Right. But the way I was able to heal so many of them, almost all of them, was I would do independent research, right? And, and the one thing I found is, you know, some re- research is just really, really great. Like, it's really clear. There's an awful lot of conflicting research as well. Right. And what makes it even more confusing is bloggers and news articles, mm. they'll take a piece of a yes. study and they'll spin it. Right. And until you really actually read the study which isn't always simple, right? It takes practice and time. Some of them are easier to read than others. Right. Um, it's hard to get a clear picture. But let's say, let's just pretend that all the studies were true, right? Let's pretend no one, no one was spinning anything. Mm-hmm. Even still, you have to take everything in moderation, including moderation. It's so easy to get overwhelmed, which is why even in my programs, we don't do any sweeping changes. and like I said, we have a higher than 90% success rate in an industry with an 80% fail rate. Wow. Bonkers, right? But it's because we come at it from a very unconventional standpoint. We come at it from that mindset aspect. Is this serving your mental, emotional, and physical well-being? And while there's tons of good studies out there and we absolutely teach about lighting and there's so much I could teach. There's so many different aspects about blue light and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you're stressing, if like you're stressed about blue light and then you're stressed about broccoli, like, well, this article said broccoli gives cancer and this other one said it's good for depression. Exactly. Like, what do I do? Exactly. <laughs> right? Right. And at the end of the day, you just need to watch some dang TV and eat some broccoli. <laughs> like, <laughs> not worry about it. Fair enough. Fair yeah, because the, the stress is more detrimental than trying to be perfect. And it's Mm. trying to get it all right that often compels us to overeat, that often compels us to make the choices that don't serve us because we're trying so hard to be perfect. And 
perfection's impossible. I can just tell you from, you know, my own clients, it's usually just like a breath of fresh air, kind of learning this new way of being where that's a lot more letting yourself off the hook, a lot more checking in with yourself and being like, Hey, does this stress me out? Or does this actually like serve me? And I can tell you my clients are not perfect and I tell them they don't need to be. So we're always looking for like an 80 to 90%, like making choices that serve you 80 to 90% of the time. And then in that 10 to 20% when you're like eating the Doritos or while you're watching TV or like, you know, right. piling on like whatever, all the stuff that the studies say isn't good for you. Right. Just letting yourself have that, like enjoy it, be fully present with it. Mm-hmm. And then make sure that you're keeping it to a level where is this serving my mental, emotional, and physical well-being? Because TV's, you know, fine. It can be fun. Candy can be fun. But are you consuming it to the point that it's a detriment for you? Right. right? right. So it's just all about keeping that mental, emotional, and physical well-being in check. And I feel like if we really just keep that as a guiding light, it helps us make more sane and balanced decisions when it comes to reading studies like that. Absolutely. And I am 100% in agreement with all of that. Thank you so much for sharing. I want to oh, Great take- question. You're, you ask such great questions. I was so excited to be on the show. Thank you so <laughs> much. I appreciate that. Well, last one before we go to break, actually. Entrepreneurs are always involved in constant professional development, always listening to podcasts, reading books, everything in between. So I wanted to know, what does professional development mean for you? And what are you learning now? Mm, fun question. So I've been taking a break from business books. I used to just like all through my 20s and early 30s, I was just ravenous with business books, but I didn't take a lot of play time. It was just everything was business for me. So these days I don't listen to a lot of business books. I do sometimes listen to self-love books because there are other writers in my industry. Okay. It's like body confidence books, stuff like that. But the things I do now are I do, I'm, I participate in a lot more masterminds. So I don't buy a lot of courses anymore. I don't buy a lot of stuff that I have to do on my own. And also, since it's 2019, I don't have to leave my house very much. I used to have to leave my house to do networking. (laughs) But these days, there's so many great podcasts and there's so many great communities online. Um, so I'm part of a women's mastermind, which is awesome. It's called Freshly Implemented. It's run by Amber McHugh. What I love about this mastermind, it's, it's entirely for women entrepreneurs and they have three levels of participation. So if you're just starting out, there's, I can't remember, it's like 150 bucks or $99 a month, something I can't remember, but it's a very affordable, they have a very affordable level. And then as you grow, they have a middle level, which is like a VIP level. It's a little bit more expensive, but still super affordable. And you get private support. You know, it's like that next level up. And then as your business scales, there's a top level that is much smaller. You know, it's a higher price point, but it's really putting together the people who are at a higher level in their business. And so what I love about this is I started for this business that I run now being badass, I started building it officially four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I joined this mastermind back then when I was new at the very bottom level. And then as I grew, I was in the middle level for oh, you know, a couple years. And now I'm at that top level. Right. And I'm just so grateful because 
those women have been so invaluable. They're the ones who taught me how to grow my Instagram. I'd always loved Instagram. And so I built this, I built Being Badass, a brand new Instagram account in fall of 2017. Mm -hmm. And now I have more than 20,000 followers. And it's all because of what I learned in this mastermind. And now that I have a funnel, like I've I've been learning how to do my first, you know, like a webinar masterclass funnel, which is something I always wanted to do because I have so much stuff that I want to give people. Right. So I always wanted to do a free masterclass, but I didn't really know how to like nurture that or even I'd never made a masterclass before. So I learned that through them. So for me, masterminds are really, really powerful ways to support myself through my business because in these masterminds, like they're talking mindset and spirituality, and we're not just talking tactics. We get to actually communicate with one another and support each other in the challenges. Like there's so many challenges with being an entrepreneur and it's really nice to have somebody to talk to who's been there. And especially in these groups where you have women at all different levels. So I now get to support women who are brand new business newbies because I used to be there four years ago, you know, and now I'm at the top level. I have a totally different line of experience. So masterminds are one of the best ways that I am using right now for my personal development. That and hanging out with Tim and Tam. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How do you like being on Startup Life so far? Oh my God, I love it. It's so fun. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're getting great value from Betty Jean Bell's content, but we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. Startup Nation, Kenda and I, along with our daughter Zoe, have this thing called Target Fridays if she's had a good week at school. We stop by the snack bar for popcorn and mermaid ices. Startup Nation, don't judge me until you've tried them. Those ices are really good. Anyways, we then head over to the toy section so my daughter can add to her LOL doll collection. My daughter is a pretty good student, so you can imagine that we have spent a small fortune on LOL dolls. However, I can take solace in the fact that Target makes it affordable to buy those LOL dolls and anything else we need as a family. That's because Target believes you deserve quality at an affordable price. And when you're entrepreneurs like us, that's extremely important. But great deals and quality products are not exclusive to the brick and mortar version of the retail store. Target.com has even more exclusive deals that you can appreciate. And when you spend over $35, shipping is free. And I know we all love free shipping. We love to purchase the amazing kids clothes for Zoe from the exclusive to Target Cat and Jack line when we go online. So the next time you listen to the show and you are reminded that you need something for your home, Start your Target journey with the link in our show notes where you can expect more and pay less. I started making so let's continue. So Betty Jean, if you would, ma'am, tell us all about being badass.com and the work that you do there. I will. So I, I help women who are, I really tend to attract driven women. So it's not, it's really women from all walks of life. Some women are retired, some are, you know, active entrepreneurs, some are like moms of small children and entrepreneurs. So they're like, especially like crazily busy. Um, But I just tend to attract like women who are leaders in their communities, maybe in their companies or in their business, in their businesses. And that's just more of what that, like we talked about before, it's the like attracts like. Right. But it's really for, I help women uh, learn to see and treat themselves with love. I, 
yes, I help women with weight loss. A lot of women come to me for weight loss. But as you've kind of been hearing me talk about, I do it through this place of helping women make their mental, emotional, and physical well-being their top priority. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm so tired of seeing women like myself sacrifice their mental, emotional, and physical well-being mm-hmm. for weight loss or for everyone and everything else. Right. And so while, like I said, we have a higher than 90% success rate with women losing weight, with women learning to love their bodies and truly see their bodies with love, with helping women stop overeating and heal their relationship with food and their bodies, that's the core of what we do. Of course, there's a lot of like little tactical things. Like I help women with inflammation, like reducing inflammation. I help women learn to feel confident on camera, taking photos for their social media. That's like a little extra bonus I never get to talk about. (laughs) But but that's wrapped up in the program as well. Right. But the core of what we do is really helping women heal their relationship with food and their bodies so they can lose weight, see themselves with love, reduce inflammation, improve their health. And you know, I have a strong belief, something that I, I talk with my clients about a lot, that you don't need to lose weight in order to feel beautiful. We do a lot of digging into what is it you want and why is it do you want that? Mm. It, do you believe that losing weight is going to make you feel happy, you know, or loved by others or loved by yourself? Because honestly, that's like a mindset piece. Right. It's not so much a body piece because I've, I've been on that other side where I lost all the weight and I, I just believed if I could just lose the weight, then my life would work. And then I lost the weight and it was actually worse because I was more depressed. I was like, oh my God, I thought men would be nicer to me and that I would attract the nice guy and that I would make more money and that I would be happier. But I actually feel worse because I feel exactly the same. It's just now I'm a size six. <laughs> so we do a ton of mindset work really helping heal that relationship with food in our bodies and start helping women feel beautiful and worthy and enough from day one. That is one of, that's like something that permeates every single thing I do, whether it's my free content on Instagram, whether it's the free masterclass or whether it's actually working with a client. I want women to understand that they are beautiful and valuable and capable of anything that they put their minds to they just need to make their mental, emotional, and physical well-being that top priority. So that's a big part of what we do over at Being Badass. For sure, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. And, and Startup Nation, and I'm glad you mentioned the masterclass because we're going to get right into that. Before, But before I say that, if you want to follow Betty Jean on Instagram, we have a link in the show notes for easy access for you to see all of her amazing Instagram content as well. But you mentioned the masterclass. And so I kind of want to hop right into that. What, what can Startup Nation expect when they hop into the masterclass, which is free, by the way, Startup Nation? Totally free. Mm-hmm. I love putting out this stuff into the world mm-hmm. because I struggled for so long. So the masterclass I designed because, you know, I've had hundreds and hundreds of women over the years messaging me on Instagram and in Facebook, asking me stuff like, do any women really feel confident in their body or how do I stop overeating or how do I like, like what is loving my body even mean and how do I do that? 
or asking me things kind of like you asked me before. Like I'm totally swamped with my family and my business. Right. How the heck am I supposed to like eat healthy? And I'm way too exhausted to go to the gym. Am I going to be overweight and sick forever? And so this masterclass is really about the exact steps we use with our clients to help them lose the weight, heal overeating, like take care of themselves, building systems around um, taking care of themselves, like everything from like nutrition to sleep to everything. So it's kind of taking, pulling back the curtain so that folks can see exactly what we do with our clients to help them see these results. Like, like I mentioned, like we have a higher than 90% success rate in an industry with an 80% fail rate. So the masterclass is all about pulling back the curtains so that people can understand what they need to do for themselves to lose weight, improve their health, feel good about themselves, whether they lose weight or not, and just truly start seeing their bodies with love. I hear that. I hear that. And Startup Nation, once again, you can sign up for that free masterclass on beingbadass.com. The link is there in the show notes for easy access. So Betty Jean, I want to actually ask you about some of your clients. Well, not ones in particular, but just your clients sure. in general, right? You know, because right. you help many people, whether it be with weight loss goals or just feel comfortable with their body, as you say. So when yeah. you hear some of their their testimonials and you see these transformations that they've made on, in their lives, what is that, how does that make you feel? Like when you see, you know, like the light bulb go off, like, wow, I've really helped somebody. What, how does that make you feel? It's unreal. <laughs> like, it's so magical because the program, in a lot of programs, I, I know every health or nutrition program I ever did, I never felt like I was part of a family. I just felt like I was getting a meal plan and like maybe I'd talk to my coach or something like that. I didn't really feel like I was part of something. Right. Um, and I think one of the things that inspires me the most is seeing these women come in truly believing that like, if I can lose the weight, my life will work. And we work with that, right? I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's, that's the current mindset, right? So we start there and still believing, oh, I need to eat 1200 calories a day or, oh, I need to like insert any like weight loss or health or confidence like thing right. that you've heard before. Right. So like in the beginning, there's like a lot of almost panic sometimes, you know, like this tenseness and like fearfulness and like, is this going to work? And there's just like a lot of fear energy in the beginning when someone usually starts these things because they've been in this desperate place. They've been trying everything for a long time. And a lot of the women I work with have been very successful in so many areas of their lives. They have wonderful children, wonderful businesses, or they're like doing great in their careers or like they're retired and they have a wonderful life. But this is this one place where they just feel really unhappy and insecure and they don't feel beautiful. And for a woman, that is so critical. Like feeling beautiful is such a key link to her performance in her work, performance in her life, performance in her family. You know, right. her ability to connect is so linked up with how she feels in her body. And then seeing them at the end, where it's like they could teach the dang class. Like, <laughs> gotcha. It's like they're gotcha. totally, you know, I always say like, it's not that they're different people. It's that all of the layers of self-doubt have been peeled away. Right. And suddenly they are, they are their true selves again. There is so much light and they are excited and they're like, oh, look, I lost four dress sizes. It's just like the icing on the cake. They right. barely notice because they're so excited 
about how they feel in their bodies and about themselves every day because it's their sense of worth. And self-love has become such a daily part of just how they show up. It's not something they so have to think about so Mm -hmm. much anymore. And it's extremely humbling. And one of my even more favorite things is the way I structured my program is I believe we are the, some of the five people we spend the most time with. Absolutely. You've heard that saying, and we learned language in immersion, right? We, our parents didn't sit down with books when we were three and teach us English, right? (laughs) Like we learned by being immersed in people speaking our, whatever language we grew up with. And I believe that healing and weight loss and self-care, I believe transformation happens the same way. So the way my programs are structured is, you know, we have graduate, we have You Are a Babe is the core program yeah. and then You Are a Babe for Life. And that's it. That's all I do is those yeah. two things. And You Are a Babe for Life was just from that call of my clients going, please don't kick me out. How do I keep going? <laughs> so it's all of our graduates, but You Are a Babe and You Are a Babe for Lifers, we're all in the same stuff every day. And so I see these people who have graduated who are encouraging the newbies because they were there once. Right. And so we're just immersed in this self-love and inspiration and healing. And like you hear, you know, somebody else who has a success story today and somebody else who, you know, you're hearing everyone's both struggles and victories in the same call every single day. And it's so humbling and inspiring. I think that's one of the greatest things about being an entrepreneur because it hasn't been an easy road. There were so many times when Sometimes I was like, oh my God, like there were years where I didn't pay for pay myself. Right. And I was like, I'm just subsidizing everybody else's healing. Am I crazy? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and I would ask myself, you know, you know, should I quit? But you hear these stories and you're like, no, this, th- I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And like, not everybody is spiritual, but for me, I feel like I'm really on a God-given path. Like, I, never, I feel like it was never about losing my voice. I feel like I had to lose my voice in order to do this work. Like this is what made me capable of what I am today. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship is like we get to invent the world around us and we get to truly make a difference with our challenges and our story and the places we've been. And so getting to see these women sharing their celebrations and supporting the other babes who've joined, like, it is inspiring and humbling. And it's the kind of thing that lets me know I can't quit no matter what. I have to keep doing this work and it keeps me on fire. And I think it's so important for entrepreneurs to have that powerful why, like why is this so important for you to keep going? For sure. For sure. Thank you for all of that. And and I think, you know, why what you do is so important, Betty Jean, and I'm pretty sure Startup Nation will agree with me here, it's because, you know, when we're kids or whatever, we have all the optimism about life and what life is going to turn out to be and this, that, and the other. And then after a while, you know, you know responsibility and, and work and, and, and family and stuff, they kind of like, you know, really take a lot out of us sometimes, right? And so yeah. sometimes to the point where we feel a little powerless. So I think what you do at beingbadass.com, once again, start automation, the link is in the show notes for easy access. I think what you do with your program is that you, you create the path to give people their power back. And I mm-hmm. think that is something that is just so vital and so important and needed today for not just for the entrepreneur, but just for anybody who's going through, you know, whatever they're going through in life. So I appreciate all of what you just said, Betty Jean. I really do. Oh my gosh. That was so awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> that feels so inspiring. I was like, I received that. That feels so good to hear. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I, I, I mean every word I said. I really do believe that because there's so many people 
who need what you do. And I appreciate mm, that. Thank but, you. you know, no and worries. likewise. <laughs> I appreciate that. Game recognizes game for sure. That's right. <laughs> we have to have that daily encouragement. It's Absolutely. so vital for the entrepreneur. It's so good. Absolutely. So, you know, you create a lot of fabulous content. I, I'm looking all over the place and I kind of get the feeling your favorite is on Instagram. I'm just going to yeah. go out on a limb and say that. <laughs> uh, For sure. But when you go through and you create your content, what's your process? Because you have amazing content that's out there for the world to see. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So man, the biggest thing is consistency and just know like sometimes like I really strongly believe in giving ourselves a break. One of the biggest things since building my Instagram, for instance, is, you know, you always hear how important consistency is and that's absolutely true. I was able to grow my Instagram because of the consistency, because I posted once a day, mm -hmm. but I took a break recently and I'm actually restarting today, which is really exciting. Okay. But I took like, I, my last post was in April, but I've been doing Instagram stories gotcha. you know, almost every day. So it's not like I'm totally off, off right. social media, but if I need a break, with content creating because creating content, it's a ton of work. You know, this right? it is, oh my goodness. Yes. It's Tons. That's a whole nother podcast for, for sure. But go ahead. I'm sorry. It is. No, you're good. <laughs> it's tons of work. It could be a whole other podcast. And so I think again, as an entrepreneur, it first it's checking in and remembering, you know, what do I need for my mental, emotional, and physical well-being? And sometimes it's a break from posting content and while you may lose some followers, I haven't seen anything noticeable. Granted, I'm up to like 20,000, you know, I have more than 20,000 now. And I think in the month I haven't posted, I've lost about 500, but that's not tons. Right. You know? And my loyal diehard fans, they actually check in on me. They're like, hey, are you okay? We really miss you. Absolutely. So that Absolutely. is awesome. That's when you um, know you have a great following. When people start to reach out to you like, hey, are you all right there? So oh, yeah. It's awesome. And so like when it comes to my process, and this is actually something I really, really want to share when it comes to creating content. Okay. I have done, I've done the things where I followed everybody's rules and I stressed about it and I would stress about my Instagram numbers and like I was trying to do it right. And it was all about metrics. Mm -hmm. And now like the one thing we know for sure is that the algorithms and the rules, they are constantly going to change because we do not own Facebook. We do not own Instagram. Like we don't own we may own our content, but we don't own the platform. Right. And so the most important thing I think really is spending time cultivating that relationship. So in my new strategy, I'm not going to put the pressure on myself to have to post every single day like I used to. Mm -hmm. Instead, I'm going to post more regularly, but entirely with, and I think to myself, like, what do I really want to give my audience today? Like, how do I want to love them? I hear that. Yeah. And so my, just giving, like the, the big thing I'm going to start going to is a lot more lives. Okay. So I made, I made a calendar of topics I want to talk about 365 days. You don't have yeah. to do that much, but I work really well on annual plans. It's how I do my budget. It's how I do an annual budget once a year. Like it's crazy. I like plan in years, but it really helps me. And so I have topics that I want to go over. And so I'll do a Facebook live. I'm going to start doing a lot more of those in my group, Babe Syndicate, the free Facebook group I have. And, and then I've got, I'll do Instagram lives as well. And so I'm going to experiment with doing those like every day ish. Like yeah. if I need an off day, I'll take an, a day off and I'm going to be doing posts maybe 
once every three or four, like maybe three or four posts a week rather than every single day like I used to. Gotcha. And just really spending a lot more time having deeper conversations with my audience. And I'm also going to start focusing a lot more on my, uh, not my Instagram, but a lot more on my email list. Because on Instagram, only 10% of my audience sees my content. Hmm. So I may have 20,000 followers, but most of those folks aren't getting those encouraging messages every day. Okay. So I'm going to start doing a lot more focus on my email because I want, I have so many, I want to keep women encouraged and I have a lot of love to give and it hurts my heart when I put a lot of love on Instagram and no one sees it. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. As a content creator, I know exactly how you feel. So yes. Sure. Yes. So for me, like the word love has been massive in my work. Like as I think about my content strategy now being, you know, three or four years into this, I am way less concerned about strategy these days and way more concerned about how many people am I loving today? Like how can I really, really say something that's going to make their day a lot better? Um, and how can I actually get it in a way they can see it and connect with it? So that's kind of my content strategy now. Okay. Also, also, if you're, are you wanting to hear a little bit more about systems as well? But you, whatever you want to share, Betty Jean. I, I'm just going to take in all this value and I'm pretty sure Starter Nation can do the same. So you go for it. I love it. So um, I'll just give a couple of batching nuggets. So sure. you guys have probably heard about batching your content. Yes. Um, that has been such a game changer for me. So I kind of, I, I live on my calendar and like, just like I told you, like I made 365 days of topics for myself that I want to talk about on live streams. Mm -hmm. So that feels very expansive and liberating because I don't have to edit myself or anything. I can just pop on. So in my calendar, I'm going to set a time. I, I'm not sure what time it's going to be. I'm going to be working on that calendar today, but it might, you know, say it's noon every day. Then on Facebook and on Instagram, in that hour, I'm going to be popping on for 10 minutes on each place and talking about my topic. And I'll probably do like a weekly email. But the way I do it is I like to, you know, I'll get a monthly photo shoot. I used to do all the photos myself. This is the first month where I'm hiring other photographers. So if you go on Instagram now, everything you see is going to be from myself. Like I did the, all those photos with my iPhone. I do all my own. I built my own website. I do all my own graphic design, like everything. But now I'm going to be hiring other photographers because I just think it'll be easier for me not just to take that off my plate. Right. So once a, month, once a month, I'll do a photo shoot. And then once every two weeks or so, I'll write some loving posts and I just get all my marketing handled in a single day. So I write captions and I use later.com to post on Instagram. Okay. Kind of how I do all mine in like a single day every two weeks. <laughs> Later.com. Okay. I'm going to have to include that in the show notes, Startup Nation, because we have a lot of people who use uh, Instagram, but, you know, are hard, having a hard time to find that uh, program that allows you to kind of like, you know, set a post to come out later and stuff like that. So I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Yeah. And make sure you have a business account. Make sure you turn your Instagram into a business account and it'll let you auto post later. That way you can go live your life, take care of your kids, have fun, and you know your content's going to go out on time. Makes it tons easier. Sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. So Betty Jean, at the end of the day, you know, you built this wonderful business that helps people and everything in between. So I want to know, what do you hope your legacy will be? when it's all said and done. 
man, my biggest hope for this work and the, the thing that I want to impart to everybody and I hope that I leave behind is that it doesn't matter how many no's you've been given, you can do what it is that you want to do. I was told so many times that I would not heal, that I would never speak again, never sing again. When I went blind in my left eye, they said you'd never see again. When gastroparesis happened and I couldn't digest food anymore, the electrical system in my stomach stopped working, they said mm. you'll never eat solid food again. Like time and time again, I kept being told that this is how you are now and this will never change. Mm. And I just had to have this unwavering faith that, hey, thank you for your opinion, but I know that I can do whatever I set my mind to. And that's the key, mind, mindset. You have to have unwavering faith that you can heal, whatever that means to you, that you can heal, that you can succeed, whatever. You don't need to be attached to the how. You just need to be attached to your faith and that dogged determination that, hey, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I know I am going to do this. And it's that sort of unwavering faith that kept me going in the beginning of my business when like it was really hard and I was just throwing money at it. And while I was making a difference, you know, I wasn't getting paid for it. It was depleting my savings, you know, and same when I was sick, same, like any time that I, someone told me I couldn't do it. I was the one who brought the fire. I was the one who had to have that unwavering faith in me and not take no for an answer. And when you are willing to have that line in the sand done energy and to be the resourceful human being that's like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but this is happening. Your whole life opens up in front of you. Uh, one of the sayings, one of the mantras I use for myself is I never say I can't afford something. I always say instead, I am rich and resourceful. I look forward to seeing how I figure that one out. I hear that. <laughs> yeah. And that same thing can be applied to everything we do. It's like, I am rich and resourceful. I look forward to seeing how I figure that out with my health, with my business, with my children, with my whatever. It is that resourceful energy and that unwavering faith that I hope to leave as a legacy because I truly believe we can do anything we set our mind on and that we are on a path and that every setback is there. It's part of a greater story that we may not know what it's supposed to be until years or decades down the road, but it will all make sense when we have that unwavering faith that we will succeed. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate all of that. Uh, let me, let me ask you this. And it's probably the toughest question I'm going to ask today, Betty Jean. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so I was looking on your Facebook profile and I came across a picture. I believe it was your cat, Billie Jean, Billie Jane. <laughs> yes. I believe it was. Okay. But uh, on Billie Jane was Skeletor riding on his back. Right? <laughs> I forgot about that photo. And so I'll, I have to ask you this question. What was your favorite childhood cartoon and why? Oh my God, I love this movie. It was She-Ra. Okay. Oh, oh my God, I loved She-Ra because she was so fierce and beautiful and she rode like a Pegasus. Like, right. oh my God, I want to ride a Pegasus. 
Yes. Oh my God. That is such a great question. The yeah. fact that I just got to talk about Billy Jane and Shira and Pegasus in one phrase. <laughs> so good. Gotcha. You know, they actually rebooted Shira not too long ago. No kidding. Yeah, I haven't I, seen it. I, I believe it's on Netflix, I believe. I oh believe. my gosh. I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> I believe they rebooted it for sure. So, so good. No worries. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. Betty Jane, which, I mean, Betty, Betty Jean, I'm sorry. I'm See, screwing this up. This is what happens. This is no, what Betty happens. Right. Yes. Our so, names are too similar, me and the cat. Sure. So uh, what's your entrepreneurial superpower and why? Mm, my entrepreneurial superpower. You know what? I'm going to say, uh, and this is actually a really great exercise, especially Startup Nation, if you are starting out in your business or maybe you're trying to start out in your marketing or you're trying to figure out what your superpower is is you email and ask like 10 of your closest friends or even family members what your superpower is. Uh, so this is a great question. I'm so glad you asked, Dominique. Um, and the feedback they give you, I feel is really important to take into consideration because I often feel that the businesses that are most successful are the ones built around our superpowers. And one of the things I say in my business all the time is you can't see your own eyeballs, right? So we can't always see what our superpower is, but because I did this exercise multiple times over the years, number one thing that always comes back to me is um, people say that I am loving and welcoming and that I've never met a stranger and that I'm very, very easy to be around. And, and I have found that that has been the absolute gift in my business because women come to me sharing the most vulnerable parts of themselves, the things they've really never told anybody else that they think about themselves, the things they're ashamed of, the things they struggle with. And one of the things I am definitely have as a superpower is it always feels safe. So even in these group environments, everyone feels so safe to be their full selves, to share vulnerably, to cry and to support one another. And everyone's just laughing by the end. And it's all because I have this kind of natural gift and capacity to make people feel safe and loved and welcome. So I think that's my superpower as an entrepreneur. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. And before I ask the last question, Betty Jean, I'm just going to say thank you so much for coming on the Startup Life podcast. You've given amazing value for not only weight loss, but definitely about, you know, being an entrepreneur, changing that mindset and cleaning up that mental space. I'm, I'm pretty sure Startup Nation is going to take hold to that one for sure. I so, love it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So now I want to turn the microphone over to you because look, there's somebody in Startup Nation right now that they, they feel a little stuck. They're either afraid to start their business or they're in their business and they're afraid to move forward because they feel a little stuck. They had a mishap in their business or, some, or mm -hmm. a setback or something like that. So I want you to talk to Startup Nation and tell them that it's okay to keep moving forward. Oh, man. If I had quit at every setback, I wouldn't be where I am today. But honestly, so many setbacks are often setups. And you truly cannot learn how to do something effectively for yourself unless you make mistakes. Mistakes are a really natural part of the learning process. And I truly do not believe in failure. I just can't, I can't say that enough. If you, again, have that dogged determination and that unwavering faith that you can succeed, 
the deal is maybe it's on what you're working on. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's on a pivot. Maybe it's on something else. I've certainly pivoted multiple times in my business, but I've always had that guiding light of what, of my why, you know, what was I doing this for? I was doing this because I was tired of seeing brilliant women who I saw as beautiful in every shape and size, sacrificing their confidence, their worth, their mental, emotional, and physical well-being because they thought they needed to be a certain weight in order to take their business, to, in order to take photos for their business or, or sacrificing their well-being because they thought, I don't know, something with their family. I mean, any number of things. That was my guiding light. I was tired of seeing brilliant, beautiful women dimming their light because of these false judgments they had on themselves. And I was hell bent on creating a space where I could help women shift their mindset, see themselves with love, and sure, maybe lose a few pounds, but the real key here was freeing themselves from their self-judgment, freeing themselves from overeating in a, in a skewed relationship with food and learning to step into their power and use their voice and build the businesses and lives and relationships and the things that they've always wanted. When you have a powerful guiding light like that, the how is flexible. So if you're struggling in your business, really dial into what are you working for in the first place? Why is this so important to you? If it's just about the money, you need to dig deeper because there's a gazillion ways to make money. Oh my gosh, I've been involved in so many businesses over the years. And I've actually been in businesses that made me a ton of money, but I left all of them because I felt dead inside. It wasn't what lit me up. It wasn't what made me leap out of bed on days when I hadn't made money in a long time. And I was like, that's okay. I'm going to go to work and I can't wait. You have to have that driving why. And when you do that, it makes pivoting and figuring out what is going to feed the business, what's going to take care of the business. It makes it easier to make those pivots or those investments or whatever it is you need because you're not pivoting on your why, you're just pivoting on the how to try to figure out how to make that why the most powerful and effective. So don't give up on your why, make sure you have a powerful why and be flexible in the how. All right. Thank you so much for all of that. And that's going to conclude this session of the start of life. Betty Jean, did you enjoy it? Oh my gosh, Dominique, this was so fun. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Awesome Such a blast. Stuff. Awesome stuff. I right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. Betty Jean's message is one that's not only awesome, but universal. When she talks about loving your body and loving the way that you look, this applies not only to the way that you look, but also applies to your business. Look, Startup Nation, only you can define what success looks like. If success is $100,000 a year, great. If success is $15 million a year, that's great too. But I think Betty Jean's overall purpose is you get to define what success is, you get to define what your goals are and you get to define what being badass is truly all about if you want to let us know what you think about our show have an idea for a show topic or would like to advertise on our show send us a message on the startup life podcast facebook page and while you are there like and follow our page as well it's a great way for us to engage with you startup nation and really grow our community the link is there in the show notes subscribe to the show as it can be heard on apple Podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, 
please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new Startup Blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life.